you're a fox and your dad gets killed by a pig monkey that is trapped in a prism. (laughs) And you have a team of other animals that sound like when you play a tape backwards and you rip all the guts out of it. That's good, because welcome back to Spin Dash, the podcast where I don't write uh, intros for anymore and haven't done so since 2018. With me today, my dear friend Falco, the cranky, angry man from the South. John, how you doing? Howdy doody. What you, what you drinking tonight? I have a shipyard summer. Uh, it's been in the fridge for like a week, and I... Yeah, probably drank too many of them in that week, so cheers. Well, there. That sounds tasty. Uh, Nick, unfortunately, you're going to have to be slippy. I know that's kind of like the shit roll. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, not, I'm not seeing you as a peppy. You're just, that's not your, it's not your MO. What are you saying? I'm French? No, oh, I'm just saying you're like a frog. So I'm French. Yeah, yeah sure. What do you- I, figured that, I, fig- I figured that'd be you. Well... Yeah. <laughs> no one gets to be ribbit, ribbit. Um, What are you drinking, Nick? Uh, I am drinking just a standard uh, Sam Adams Boston Lager tonight. Oh, very nice. What about very yourself, nice. sir? I have. Uh, so, I went fancy tonight. I, I did go with my Orno Brewing Company Tubular, which I will crack right now. Uh, very tasty. One of my favorites. I've tried to find a spacey themed beer and there was a couple, but they were all like low alcohol by volume. And that's just not what we're going to do here. Um, in addition, this is a unique thing for this podcast. I'm, we're going to, we're going to test it out tonight. I have a bottle of Tangeray down here and a shot glass. And oh God. I have this down here for a penalty round where if I get bitching too much with warning, I will be subject to a penalty shot. And and here's my bitching. Okay? Going to get it out of the way. The Star Fox 64 had a completely and utterly shit soundtrack. It's complete and utter crap and inferior to the Super Nintendo one. There. It's out of the way. I'm not going to bitch about it the rest of the episode. If I do, shots away. Okay. Um, your warning will be do a barrel roll. Do a barrel roll. And then if you keep bitching, you have to take a shot. That's That's fair. I, I, I was worried because I don't think I could tackle this game or games uh, without ranting and raving about that. I have a lot of problems with it. So, Or I guess I press R and Z twice to do a barrel roll. Uh, yeah. But today, we aren't actually talking about Star Fox 64. Uh, in my opinion, we're talking about the superior Star Fox for the Super Nintendo and the newly released Star Fox 2. So, John, what uh, what's your experience with these games? So, I got the original Star Fox as a kid. I think it was probably in 94 because I didn't have my Nintendo 64 yet. And it was crazy back then, man. It was it was something totally new. I had a few games for the Super already, and I had a regular Nintendo. 
but I think this was the first 3D game that I had, and it was pretty cool. Um, we made a lot of runs through it. Uh, it was it was challenging as a kid. I don't know about you, but I had I had a tough time with it. Um, I think I beat it once, and then I got a couple other games that were way more engrossing. So I kind of put this one aside for I don't know two decades. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. How about the second one? No history whatsoever. I didn't even know it existed. Good answer. Yeah. Yeah. That, I don't know. Did they, they, they must have hit it from American release or something like that. What, what have you found out? Oh, I'll, I'll get to that in a sec. Sure. Let's, uh, let's hear, uh, let's hear Nick's experience. Um, none. <laughs> I literally have no experience with Star Fox. I didn't know Star Fox as a character until probably playing, uh, Smash Brothers. Oh, so you're new to the series completely, not just these Super Nintendo I have ones. Not, I have no nostalgia, no no uh, emotional attachment to this game in, in any way. So I literally did not play Star Fox 1 and 2 until this podcast. Oh, well there, this is, see, we got a virgin. Very exciting. Mm, and I bled well. <laughs> Busting that hymen. Yeah, so, John, I think I had the similar experience that you did with uh, the first one. I don't remember when I got it. I'm pretty sure I got it for Christmas. I think it came out before Christmas of 93, I think, is when it came out. I have my notes later, but we'll get to that. But I think I got it Christmas that year. Played the shit out of it. It absolutely blew my mind, the fact that the Super Nintendo was doing 3D. I, I don't think I had any 3D games before this. I don't think Doom was out yet. So this may have been before the whole big 3D push. Like, this may have been one of, like, the first big 3D games. I know like a lot of computer gamers had tons of 3D games, but I was never in that space. I, I never had a computer that could really run it, you know? So I, all my gaming was on console and there was nothing on console like this. It was, it was batshit insane. Star Fox 2, a little different. So I had a subscription to Nintendo Power and they hyped the fuck out of this game. And this was back before the internet. So you never knew when a game was coming out or if it did come out or what happened to it. And I remember I had a Nintendo Power issue. They had a, a, a preview for it and it said like coming out summer 1995. And I remember going to the mall on several occasions asking like, is this game out yet? Is this game out yet? No. And they always looked at me like I was fucking crazy. So literally once I brought my Nintendo Power to the mall with me um, and I asked the dude, like, look, this is what I'm hunting for. I'm hunting for this game. The dude's like, no, it's, it doesn't exist. Yeah. So, you know, I went on my merry way for a lot of my life just uh, not knowing this game existed. And then... I don't know. It must have been in like the two, early two thousands. I was I was big in emulation. Like I, like I ignored all other systems and just played emulators. And the rough builds of this leaked, and it was cool. Like I had played one of the earlier builds of it, and it, it it didn't seem like a complete game. And as time went on, like more and more leaks came out, and then you had almost a fully playable version of Star Fox. Like it blew my mind that the fact that they had this game and did nothing with it. So. Yeah, so so tons of experience Star Fox 1 and then Star Fox 2 was like through emulation I played incomplete builds, you know, but recently this is the first time I've actually gone through the the final release that they just sent out. So so with the comparison of, you know, playing the incomplete builds that you did and now playing a full complete one, how is it? 
So there were a couple incomplete, and we, we can get to this later, but the first one I played, like, it, it barely was functional. I mean, it had a multiplayer mode. It uh, it was very flickery. A lot of the ships weren't the same. Like, it wasn't really a game. It was more like a demo. But the later ones, very similar. Like, uh, people went in and cleaned up a lot of the game. Like, a lot of the repro carts you out there that you buy a Star Fox 2 are this, like, 95% done, cleaned up by hacker version. It's not the official version, but it's it's pretty damn close. So... Uh, do you guys know anything about the development of these games? Nothing at all. John? Yes. I I had heard that they had made the chip for this game. It was a it was a company called Argonaut. Um I actually looked this up when you brought up that we were gonna start playing this game because as a kid I remember hearing or reading somewhere about a VR system that would accompany this game. Like you could play Star Fox and your view with a headset or like a helmet would be from the cockpit. So I thought that was pretty crazy. I don't remember where I heard it from. It might've been, you know, word of mouth at school. I don't know if it ever made it into a Nintendo power because I did some research and there's no image of this prototype that they made, but they made one. And it was hmm, it was awesome. like an Oculus system that we see today, where you had uh, goggles or like a headset strapped on, and then motion controls in your hands. Um, but they did not release it because they were afraid of liability lawsuits um, with kids putting this thing on and then getting clumsy and like falling down the stairs. Is what? <laughs> and then they made the Virtual Boy. And then they made the Virtual <laughs> Boy. They punted. <laughs> An Oculus Rift system, you know, almost 25 years prior to what we have now for the Red Death is what I like to call that thing. Ah, you shouldn't, you should never have gotten rid of it. <laughs> so, my cousin had one of those, by the way. A virtual boy? A virtual yep. boy. Yeah. And I just remember it looked so weird. Yeah. And it gave me such headaches. Yeah, it was pretty, pretty rough. There was supposed to be, fun fun fact, there was supposed to be a Star Fox for the Virtual Boy. It was announced at the same time they announced Star Fox 2. It just, it was literally just a demo of like a ship flying and that was it. Can you imagine it, trying to play this game with just red lines and all of that 3D? Uh, it, I couldn't do it. Wow. The 3D tennis, so. the Wario tennis hurt my, hurt my eyes or Mario tennis or whatever it was. So yeah, John, you got the Argonaut thing. I mean, that's that's a big part of this. Yeah. So my, my notes, I'm going down through them in order. So it was released in 1993 for the SNES, and it was it was co-developed by Nintendo EAD, I believe that's Miyamoto's group, uh, and Ar- yep. Argonaut Software. So Argonaut is a British company, which I think is really interesting because um, from what I was reading online, like the British had a better sense of 3D gaming than a lot of other programmers. I don't know if that's a fact or not, but the the British were very... Um, we had our crash, and we were very console-based, and I think the Japanese are very console-based. The crash didn't happen in Britain, so they're very computer-based, so the British had a, had a good handle on 3D gaming, which is how Argonaut got brought in. Argonaut, I want to say they made the first 3D game for Nintendo for the Game Boy, it was a game called X, and it was only released in Japan. 
And uh, the British programmer, his name pops up a bazillion times, is Dylan Cuthbert. And uh, interesting guy. I watched a couple interviews with him. But Nintendo, after they had X, after X was was done, wanted something 3D for... It was either the NES or Super Nintendo. I think it was the Super Nintendo. So Argonaut set out to, to make something 3D for the Super Nintendo based on some older games that were on like their Amigas. And it ran at three frames per second. So they went back to Nintendo and they're like, your Super Nintendo is not going to run this shit. So we need to figure something out. And they said, we need some kind of custom hardware to be able to run this or you are not getting 3D on the Super Nintendo. So what they ended up doing is this was the birth of the FX chip which is famous for Star Fox, uh, basically runs all the computations in the background needed to do all the 3D calculations in order to put 3D on the Super Nintendo. Um, The joke was that the Super Nintendo is just like a crude box used to hold the FX chip because it basically does more than anything the Super Nintendo could dream of. (laughs) Yeah, so so they, they initially did a prototype called NES Glider or SNES Glider. And then that was later the the jumping off point where they went and they made Star Fox once they had their chip. Uh, Argonaut initially wanted this thing to be kind of like a tank game where there was like free roaming elements to it. And Miyamoto pushed for on rails. On rails meaning you're flying through a corridor, through a channel. You're not free flying. You're following a set path. Argonaut, I guess, were, they weren't really happy with this at first. But then they found out that that locked view made it easier for them to actually program it, make the frame rate run. Uh, Miyamoto apparently got the idea to make like a like a uh, an on-rails game. There's a shrine in Japan, and I'm going to butcher the pronunciation. It's the Fushimi Inatari Taishi. I totally fucked that up. But it's these like series of gates. It's like a thousand of these like gate type structures. And if you walk through, you get that feeling of Star Fox, like you're going through gates. Mm. So yeah, development Star Fox 2 was released in 2017 on the Super Nintendo Classic. It was an unlockable. You had to beat like the first level in Star Fox to get it to open up. Uh, it was slated for a summer 95 release. It was also developed by Nintendo EID Argonaut. It used a different FX chip, the Super FX Chip 2. And I think that's the same chip they used in in, uh, Yoshi's Island. The same programmer, Dylan Cuthbert, uh, he worked with a group, I think, of two Nintendo programmers to come up with the engine for it. And unlike Star Fox 1, they let them do free roaming. They ditched the on-rails and added a, a strategic element to it. And this was canceled. Uh, and they believe the decision was Miyamoto's because the upcoming PlayStation and Saturn and the 64 was on the horizon. They didn't want one of their flagship titles looking like shit compared to all the other consoles that are coming out on the market. So they canned it. Makes sense. Like very late. The game was was done and they canned it. I mean, why didn't they just then release it for the 64? Just re-engineer it to go to 64. I mean, we see it nowadays where games come out for the console prior and next. I mean, a good example of that would be um, Twilight Princess. They came out on the GameCube as well as the Wii. 
I think the issue they ran into was like like the GameCube and the Wii. The Wii is basically two GameCubes glued together. Uh, a 64 is a radically different thing than the Super Nintendo. So they probably didn't talk well. But if you, and Nick, you haven't played Star Fox 64, but they stole a shit ton of stuff, which we can get into later, from Star Fox 2. Like a ton of it. They Nothing went to waste. I, I'd phrase it that way. Um, I mean, that's good. I mean, at least they learn from the game and, and in a sense, opposed it onto their, one of their bigger titles for the 64. Yeah, well, the other thing, too, is like Star Fox 2, this Dylan Cuthbert, the programmer for this, um, basically said it gave me a motto the confidence to go ahead and make uh, Mario 64. Like, this game was his jumping off point to say, okay, I understand moving in a 3D space. Now let's have some oomph behind it with a new system and let's give it all we got. So very influential. Uh, The last bit of history I have on this, and we can get into the story, uh, series of wrong leaks. It leaked in the late uh, 90s. There were various builds that leaked. So remember I was telling you about the really glitchy kind of mess of a game that that I saw that had a multiplayer mode? Yeah. That was an alpha build. And then th- there was many leaks, but the but the final beta, whatever, uh, was thought to be about 90 to 95% complete when the hackers went in and cleaned it up, translated it, and then leaked it. Do you guys you know anything about the story of either two of the games? You're a fox, and your dad gets killed by a pig monkey that is trapped in a prism. <laughs> <laughs> and you have a team of other animals that sound like when you play a tape backwards and you rip all the guts out of it. Uh, can you do some impressions for us? Like, can you give us... You, you knew this was coming. Yeah. So, you remember that that thing from Home Alone 2 that he had, like, that he could record people and, like, alter their voices and talk boy. make his voice deeper? Yes. Yeah, it was a talk boy. I had talk one. Talk boy. There you go. Yeah. So, Falco sounds like if you just stepped on the talk boy a lot and then you tried to play it. Because he's like... You know? What is that? Do-do-do-do-do. Yeah. Yeah, and the fox and the hare sound a little bit alike, but I mean, yeah, Falco is just like you—you you slowed things down five times and dropped it like six octaves. Peppy's kind of like you speed it up because he's like, "What a wait, 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 wait!" Yeah, it, yeah. That, that was so. Honestly, when I heard the voices, I'm like, it's, it sounded like Charlie Brown, but just different. Like you said, either speeding up higher pitch or slowing it down lower pitch for the voices. It just was like. Very Charlie Brown ish uh, on the voices, except for like one where you said, "Oh no!" Like you said, some actual sentences here and there. It was like you, you got him, or something of that nature. Oh, the, like, the honestly, commander's oh, yeah. voice. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> yeah, he only, he was the only one that actually had a narr- uh, actual said words. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. And then like the warning at the beginning when you're flying out of the tunnel, danger or something, I think. But who decided that the bird would sound like Barry White? I mean, the bird, <laughs> all birds are high pitched, right? Like, I think the frog would be the deep voice guy. It's the magic of Nintendo. Yeah, they're crazy. So what I have here, uh, the story is like like a couple bullets. Like it is very simple. Basically, you've got the Lilat system, which is the series of planets that makes up where you are. Um, you're in the center of the Milky Way galaxy. Andros is the, the, the pig monkey thing you were talking about earlier. Apparently, he was like a crazy, brilliant scientist that was doing really risky experiments like the heart of corn area, like one of its really populated cities. So they banished him. They're like, the shit you're doing is crazy. You need to go. So he sets up shop on Venom and is pissed about things and basically says, I'm going to war with you, corn area. So General Pepper, the dog, hires a group of mercenaries, which are our four friends, and basically says, we got this experimental ship. You need to go hunt this, hunt this guy down. The only other person I f- we forgot to mention was Slippy Toad. So we mentioned Fox McCloud. He's the leader. And then there's Falco Lombardi. He's like the, the bird. And he's his uh, Fox's like short-tempered asshole friend. Ungrateful piece of shit. Uh, you got Peppy. <laughs> you got Peppy. He's like... In the other games, he's supposed to be like the veteran on the team. Yeah. I never got that vibe from this. Uh, he just seemed like some other dude. So maybe they haven't wrote a story yet. And you have Slippy... Which, I, I don't know what Slippy's deal is other than my notes just say he's a fuck-up. And he is a fuck-up in every game. Like, Slippy is constantly in, in trouble. He gets in the most so, trouble, man. He sits right in your, like, line of fire on so many levels. He, oh, he constantly, he's like, watch where you're aiming. Well, stop crossing my path of fire. Yeah. Nintendo is, like, inconsistent with, like, all these characters as, like, the series goes on. But they're consistent with Slippy. Slippy's a fuck-up. Like that, that's just classic Slippy. Well, I think in the later one, Slippy's like a kid, right? Like he's the, the lovable yeah. rascal. Yeah. Uh, so apparently the characters, right? It's it's all based on like Japanese uh, lore. Like Fox, the, the shrine that I was telling you about earlier is the shrine dedicated to a fox. So that's how they got the, the idea. Like we're going to make the main character a fox. And then like Falco and Peppy, like the falcon and the hare, those are common in Japanese uh uh, myths. Slippy apparently they just there was a guy in the office that liked to use like frogs as his his like calling card, his is like his symbol or something. So like yeah, we'll make we'll make that one after him. And then apparently there's like an old Japanese story about dogs fighting monkeys. So that's where you get the whole Pepper versus Andros thing. And they just slapped it on. Like the animals were like an afterthought. They had the whole game done and they're like, all right, well we need a story. We'll just slap this in. Hmm. And, and Star Fox 2 has even less of a story. Yeah. It's basically like Andros survives all the shit you did to him in Star Fox 1, so he's going to lead a counterattack. And that game really doesn't add a whole lot other than you get two new characters. You get Mayu the Lynx, which I don't, I don't think there's any backstory to her. And then Faye the dog. All, all I have is she's the daughter of an aristocratic family. <laughs> I don't know why hell I got that. Probably from the manual or something, yeah. but... But but Star Fox Two is unique in that it adds the Star Wolf team. So you have Wolf O'Donnell, Leon Pawalski, Pigma Dengar, who's a pig, and Algi is a monkey. I don't know what the fucking Algi is. So that's that's basically the story. You you 
you, you fight Andros, Andros fights you. Not a whole lot to it. Wait, is the wolf team, are they part of Andros? Yeah, they're his, yeah, they're his the, henchmen. They're like his right. Like, so, like, you're a group of mercenaries, so he hires his group of mercenaries. And as everyone probably now listening to, did he actually play the second one? I played, like, literally probably 30 minutes into the second one. <laughs> well, that's all it takes, yeah, dude. So, <laughs> Yeah, let, let's uh, let's get into gameplay. So, John, how far did you get before we get like going into like the guts of the games? Like in both games, how far did you get in both of them? All right, I'm holding up a middle finger to Nick because I beat both of these games. So there nice. you go. Nice. Um, <laughs> ah, good man. man. John finally completed yeah. the game. Well, the first one I did uh, all three routes. Um, I forgot. Can you pick uh, difficulty setting on the first one? Well, the routes no. are your difficulty okay. setting. So yeah. I beat I beat all of them. Um, and so I have the the switch, and I got the SNES Classic on the switch, and it made this game so easy because you could rewind. So oh, you, you cheated, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, seriously, <laughs> effort to to be a completionist. it hard on this one. I did some rewinding. Um, it was fun. I liked it. It made it. A lot more tolerable because this game is infuriating at the later stages when you clip a wing after you have to the blasters, to the third stage blasters. And then I swear that it it knows and it like one shot, it'll have a high percentage to clip your wing at a boss fight. Like Because I would rewind and then I would, you know, dodge and I would get hit like right in the same time frame (laughs) and it would clip a wing. The majority of the time. So we're going to come back to this, but in my notes, when I talk about like Fortuna, the planet, or Fortuna, uh, my notes say, this is the place where wings go to die. Yeah. Yeah, it was horrible. <laughs> oh my God. Clipping a wing is devastating in this game. So so you beat all three with, with heavy rewind. Oh yeah. And then... Yep. Um, it, route one was, was a piece of cake. I mean, I we've done that multiple times. I think we played a few times in college over the years and you know i beat it as a kid so route one was easy route two was difficult and route three was was daunting how far did you get in two in Star Fox two i beat the whole thing on easy and then i got about halfway through medium before one of those stupid dog fights just wore me down and and then i was Ugh. done for a while um i don't I, I like the aspect of you you have to maintain the health of the planet um, but the dogfights were a bitch. I don't know if it was a design thing, but I felt like there was only one chance you had to shoot them if you were squared up and you were driving at each other or flying at each other head on and then you had to dodge out of the way and do do a barrel roll. Right? Do, do a barrel roll. That's it. Oh, do I have to drink? No. Oh, wait. No, no, never mind. I, I, no, no tangent Nick, bitching yet. So, so, Nick, before we get into like the, the nuts of this thing. Uh, so the Nuts and bolts, as it were. How far did you get in, in one? So, I beat the f- one like through the easy route. I was able to do that fairly. Oh, so you beat you beat well, it. You you didn't. I beat one. Oh, all right. I beat one, but I didn't beat two. Well, I can't bitch about that. I mean, you didn't YouTube it like John did for Battle of Olympus, you know? <laughs> so you're doing all right. Yeah, no, I I beat one. It just took me a while because one. So initially, what I I played it through emulation, and I think it's just the controls, and 
and not by the inverted access. I actually liked inverted access. Good man. Um, I played a lot of uh, those style of games where you had an invert. I always, so it didn't take me long to get used to it. So I don't know if it was a control failure on the emulation, if it was just not up to snuff. And I actually just replayed it today before the uh, before we actually started recording. I played it with uh, the Switch Lite. Oh, nice! And I prefer this uh, playing that way, uh, mainly because I actually was using the Joy Cons. Gotcha. Yep. Yeah. So that's mine. Well, I think I mean there's some <laughs> great access aspects uh, with aspects with this game. Sorry, um, one of those is. You know, I do like the flight simulation kind of aspect of, you know, inverted access. So I think I think it'd be cool if it, like, if this game, I don't know if this was able to use or utilize that big Joy-Con that you could get with the original uh, SNES, you know, the big, like, pad you had with a uh, joystick what? on it. You never saw one no, of those? Oh, not a Joy-Con. You mean, like, the, 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 the stick? You mean, like, the big, like, the, not, not the, like the SNES Advantage, it was a arcade. It was like yeah. an arcade stick. You could use that. That would have been probably really good on this game, and probably make it a lot easier. Oh yeah, dude! I never even knew right. about that thing, huh? Yeah, it's good for straight Street Fighter. Yeah. A lot of guys use it for Street Fighter. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I mean, granted, I know it's better for fighting, but I think that kind of like yeah. give you a little bit. Um, I mean, I think one. I didn't really care for the game. And not to say I didn't like it, just I didn't care for it just because I don't think I had a nostalgia feel for it at all. So it really didn't carry through. So I was really rushing through just to complete the game. Oh, see that's that's not good, Nick. You gotta you gotta take these games in. You gotta enjoy them. <laughs> <sighs> I could I couldn't like it was just so frustrating. Z a bunch of times when you run into the fifteenth friggin' beam. And that's the thing was, I was like, I was constantly clipping stuff because <laughs> I was not too much. Oh, I was nowhere could get aware of my actual surroundings. Like, I like the cockpit view or yeah, the cockpit view. I feel like you hit less put quotations on the cockpit view too. Oh, no, I hit more with a cockpit view, but that's a prefer when I was doing dog fights. I preferred using that view. Uh, yeah. So, I, I, you know, John... Going back to something that you said earlier, because you were talking about clipping wings and, and blasters and stuff. Like, I don't think we've actually talked about like what the weapons are in this game. Like, like, so, so we we we've already established this is like a on rails. The first game is an on rails shooter. Mm-hmm. So you're traveling down a corridor. You're in a spaceship shooting things, um, but weapons, power ups, all that like gaming shit, like. Go for that. Give, give me what you know. Yeah, so it's pretty straightforward. You start out with one gun, and the next you can grab, which kind of looks like a 3D-printed little outline of, of wings or blasters, something. Uh, it promotes you to two of the same little laser, and then the final stage is like these, I don't know, photons? I don't know what to call them. I think it's a. I think it's a plasma. I always call it a pump gun. Yeah. But I think it's a plasma gun. Okay. A yeah. plasma shot. That sounds I about think. right. Um, and those are badass. Like you can you can kill a boss pretty quick with those. Um, not to mention the uh, the bombs, the smart bombs, right? Yeah. So you yeah. get five of those. Yeah, those are fun. I love the the graphics on those and the sound it made when you shot one. Yeah. 
Yep, and then it just turns the whole screen like a muted red color. Yeah, that was fun. And that's also fun in like other games um, after this. I remember in Smash Brothers, grabbing that thing was always inciting some chaos. Yeah. Um, um, and there are certain colored uh, rings you can go through to, to heal yourself. And, you know, if you're lucky, you find a wing repair kit, but that's few and far between. Yeah, so so the only other power-up I have in my notes is there's the power shield. I don't know if you guys ran into that, but it basically, like, turns you into, like, f- like wireframe view and you're invincible. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Uh, but it goes away, yeah, like... I think I got that once or twice. Yeah, but it goes away, like, instantly because I get hit by a million things. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, John, the rings, there's the blue supply ring, which is kind of like the halfway point. Like, if you die after going through the blue ring, it'll bring you back to that. Yep. And then there's like those like yellow energy rings where like you shoot an enemy or they'll just be there. You fly through them, you get a little bit Gives of help. a little bit, yeah. Yeah. And then the only other thing I have under weapons is like you talk about fucking your wings up, which I did a lot. Uh, if you shoot the thing that upgrades your blasters and you have a broken wing, rather than get a blaster upgrade, you fix your wing. So like if you fuck up your wings, not only do you lose all your progress on like upgrading your weapons – um, but you've got to start over and any bonuses that like any benefit you would get to those, like, like adding, adding more onto your, like your shots, like it's wasted. You have to like repair your wing. Yeah. That's like the worst way to explain it as possible, but like, don't like breaking your wings is devastating in this game. Might as well start over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nick, you got anything to add on that, or do you want to jump into the roots? Um, let's jump into the roots of this game. I mean, <sighs> I just <sighs> so so you did Route One though. So so yeah. so you went you did Cornaria. Like, Cornaria then was a what is that asteroid. So Cornaria then a and you, you the, go straight into a um, ship, right? Carrier. No, no you get the asteroid, asteroid belt. belt. Asteroid belt, then carrier, then venom. Nope. Then you got like so you got Corneria, which is like the blue planet that you're on, and then yeah, there's the that's the first one, and there's the asteroid belt, which you go into yeah, a cockpit easy. view. Then you fly, yeah, shoot all the gold. Then you fly through the space armada, which is which is kind of a cool level. Like you're dodging in and out of ships. Ah, uh, that's one. Sorry, because I, I tried. I did play each. I played a little bit of each route. Yeah, and that's what, probably why I'm getting confused because I did do remember going into one of the ships or one of the there we had to destroy one of the ships and that could have been even actually playing when i was just playing uh star fox 2 as well but yeah i just took a short route it seemed to be the it was fairly easy especially i kept on dying like the first time through just i wasn't really getting hold of the controls and then it just clicked for me and once that clicked you know i was going in and out able to take down enemies fairly quickly in the game yeah, I, John, how did Route 1 go for you? Not bad. Um, you know, I got the three power-ups, I think, by the asteroid belt and then cruised right through. 
dodging some of those meteors sucks, but you know, towards yeah. the fourth stage, I think the fourth stage is the meteor. And, uh, I remember that was tricky in spots, but not, not bad. Um, I definitely had the toughest time with route three. Three was a bitch. Yep. Question going back when the, the, the asteroid belt, what's up with the gold, the gold asteroids or the gold meteors? What did you get anything for shooting those besides points or anything? Or so, haha, the actual yeah. point do you mean like the, do you mean like the asteroids with like the spinny ones? Like there was like a, like a, like a reddish goldish one in the middle and then there's like spinny gray ones on the side. Yeah. So like the whole, you can shoot down asteroids. But when you have those, like, the spinny ones, if you shoot them at the right time, you actually can open up a black hole. And it will let you, if you go through the black hole, it's like this weird, like, trippy as fuck level. And you can pick where you where you warp. Like, you can, it, it'll spit you out on any one of the three courses. And I can't remember the order. But if you, like, if you're doing route one and you somehow open up that black hole and you're looking for an easy trip, like, you could fuck up and end up on route three and have a real rough time. Yeah, weren't there like oh, sea fun. creatures floating through space on that one? That's route two. Okay. We'll get to that in a sec. Yeah. We'll get to that in a sec. So um yeah, so so route one, like this is kind of out of out of out of place, but uh Corneria, best music in the game. Like the music in Star Fox One is fucking amazing. And I'm probably gonna have to do some gin in a sec, so we'll let it happen. <laughs> um the guy who did the music for it is this guy, Hajimi Hirasawa. Star Fox was his last game, and he got in a fight with Nintendo, I guess, because he wanted to go and perform or do like a CD. He thought he owned the, the rights to it. And Nintendo's like, no, fuck you. You're an employee. This is ours. So he got pissed and quit. Apparently, he's rich as hell because he has some patent on cell phones, hmm. some like cell phone music. I don't really know. But this guy gets no credit. Like you always hear about Koji Kondo, which uh, he's the guy that did the music for Star Fox sixty four, which sucks. Ooh. It's fucking terrible compared to this. He did Mario, um, right? He did Super Mario. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did Mario, Still but like, stuff. I, I, I don't know why. Like, they didn't give, like, follow the direction that this guy took Star Fox with the music, because like the music fucking makes this game. Like when you're going through Corn Area. Like, that is an awesome song. Like, go listen to Corneria. Like, you're just rocking out. Like, everything on this game, like, the music is driving. Yeah. You just, like, you know what? Here, so I'm going to pour myself a I was song. about to say Dual um, Barrel Roll, man. <laughs> yeah. Like, Dual Barrel Roll. Like, everyone loves Star Fox 64, but there's, like, no, like, urgency. It's not, like, an urgent game. Like, this game's urgent. You need to... You know, like you got shit to do, and the music is telling you you need to get going. Yeah, I also like that you can't really understand what your team is saying. <laughs> <laughs> it must have tasted good. That was gin, straight gin. Oof. Because, uh, like, I can imagine being in a cockpit and trying to understand what somebody's saying to you. It sounds a little muted and, and muddled like that. But then in Star Fox 64, they all sound like too cartoony to me. It's like, oh, your father was one of us. And it's like, fuck you. This isn't a Saturday morning cartoon. Yeah. This has like, this game has attitude. I, I don't really know how to describe it. Like, like as you're going through the levels, like Corn Area, the music is just awesome. You get in the asteroid belt. It's like star, like Star Wars soundy. I kind of got that vibe. 
You know, you get the Space Armada, you're like diving in and out of shit. Um, I don't know, the sound was amazing. But anyway, that's my side rant. Route 2, John. You did that, Nick. You didn't get to Route 2, right? No. No, no Route 2 for me. Sector so you Y. At the- yeah, Sector Y was rough. Yeah, go on about that. So that had the uh, sea creatures floating in space. And um, I did not like those manta rays. I did not know the trick until I died a couple times that you had to keep them one color. Right? Like, yeah. That was, that was the trick. That's, that's, that's tough. And apparently uh, Andros had put mind control on all of, like, the space creatures. Right? That was, I don't that know, was I don't General know. Pepper's little snippet, I think. Oh, see, you read the story. I don't do that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> pretty sure that's what happened, man. He, he was mind-controlling all these little space critters to attack you and protect his secret base. Because he always has a secret I, base. This guy has so many bases. Like, they're just going to get destroyed, you know? Yeah. I mean... Well, he's making sure those space contractors have a job. Yeah. He's keeping the space economy going. Andros. To the Death Star. Making jobs. Yeah. Yeah. I like, so Route 2 is my favorite of all the levels you can play. Because like Corneria is Corneria. Sector X, okay, I like it better than the Asteroid Belt. But like Titania is that weird like weather control stage where you're flying in the fog and you have to find the weather control thing to shoot. Yep. And then you fight the boss under the bridge. Like there's like this weird flying section. And he's like chucking fish at you. Yeah, that was easy. That boss was not that hard. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then you got to your level where you had like the the manta things that like the bad guys shoot them and then make them angry and they smash into <laughs> yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, that was funky. And then uh, like Venom is really cool because like all the other ones like you you do like a front assault on Venom, so you're like getting shot at as you go in like. Like, Route 2, you take the back route into Venom. So, like, you're on this, like, weird road. And then these, like, biker guys that are flying out of, like, out of this ship at you. Yep. Like, it's 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 cool. Like, Route 2 is really cool. Yeah, I don't remember much about uh, Sector X. Um, felt nah, similar to the really. asteroid belt. So, Route 3. Route 3 is a bitch. Yep. And, and... Bitch about it. Come on. Bitch about it. I, I, I don't want any more, Chen. Route 3, like, you know shit's up in Route 3. Like, Corneria is red in Route 3. So you know things are going to go bad. And and what's really cool in Route 3 is, like, the boss, like, the attack carrier, is getting hauled off by, like, these, like, giant robot things. Like, no, you're not going to fight the the everyday boss on Corneria. We have something a little more interesting playing for you. You got this, like, weird tank thing that's, like, shooting things at you. And then things just go south from there. John, what, what did you run into on Route 3 that was a pain in the ass? Sector Z, dude. That that level was, was a bear with all those things coming together. Like, the un, unseen forces were, were trying to cobble their space base together and they were just wrecking me with all those beams. Uh, so how did you do on Fortuna? Cause that is always, that is always something I struggle with every time I do route three. Like that is, that is what fucks me up. I got, I got through that better than I got through sector Z. I, I guess I'm not, really? yeah, I'm not that great of a pilot for maneuverability. Um, but Fortuna was not, it's not as memorable to, memorable to me, so. Really? Yeah. 
Fortuna is the stuff of nightmares for me because I get there and that's it's kind of like the it's a, it's a dinosaur planet. It's very like Earth-like, and you fly through sections where like some parts in grass, some parts in dirt, a lot of it's in water. And there's like these giant plants that grow up in your way as you're trying to fly through things. Oh yeah, I'm co- constantly breaking wings in Fortuna, but I don't have enough levels to get built back up by the time I get to Macbeth. Yep. Which it, I I can get through Sector Z with a broken wing or or a rebuilt wing, but just a single shot. But my my problem with, with Route Three is like by the time I get to Venom, like I, I need to be full strength to beat. Like the 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 venom, like the venom level on Route Three, or I'm not getting anywhere. Like that, it's, it's it's interesting. Like Venom. So the Great Commander. Do you remember this boss, John? The double-headed dragon. Or was that no? That was on Fortuna. No, right? that's that's Fortuna. Okay. That's the Monarch Dodra. Yeah. Venom is the. This is the bombing run where you have to like keep like taking spins and t- taking turns and like doing attack runs on this like ship in space. Don't. Do you mean, okay, was that that ship that you've, you've encountered a couple times before and was super fast, right? When you're trying to hit it, I think this is the one where you keep like taking attack runs and you have to like bomb all six of these like little flat vents that pop up on it. And yeah. if you don't do it, like you keep doing a circle and coming back. That's right. Yeah, yeah, and it launched the the kamikaze pilots at you. Yeah. So. And then you get to, so you get through all these courses and you always end up on Venom to this like crazy level where there's like beams falling everywhere and these like swinging doors, which my teammates always shot the fucking doors and then like it would kill me because I would want them to go one way. Um, But then you get Andros, like what are your thoughts on Andros in this? Not bad, honestly. Yeah. He was not terrible. The third, the, the Route 3 guy was a little harder. Um, it, you just had to be careful. You had to take it a little slow. I, I don't know if this is like a product of being a kid and playing this game versus being like an adult looking at this. But like Andros always creeped me out. I don't know why. I find it incredibly creepy, this like soulless face you have to fight. Like he taunts you and you end up in this like weird void. Yeah. And and then like there's like this weird soulless face you have to shoot in the eyes that laughs at you. I, I it's unnerving. And then it like make, it didn't make any sense to me. I'm like what's the point? Yeah. He's he's the bad guy. Right. But then he has a cube inside the face. You 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 break the face open and then it's Andros on like a six sided die, right? Yeah, I don't yeah. understand that. You're I don't just yeah. rolling around, and then you you shoot that a bunch, and then the face comes back, and you duke it out with that. Um, but yeah, it, it was it wasn't bad. So I I had more problems with a couple of the bosses on the levels before that. I think what always got me like 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 freaked me out like when you do Route Three, you know how you like fight the face, the weird face, and then it like transforms mid-fight into, like, this weird demon-looking thing. Yeah. Like, I don't know why. That always freaked me out. I don't know if yeah, I'm, like, like, a weirdo or something. it was, like, the devil. The, the whole yeah, race. like, your fight. Like, this is this kid's game. Like, so let, let's, <laughs> let's backtrack, right? This is, like, this kid's game, and it's got, like, this, like, crazy metal soundtrack to it. And then you, bo- you look at the box, and it's got puppets on the front. Like, all, like, 
they didn't like cartoon it. There's just puppets. And then you fight Satan or like a weird, like, I don't know. It's fucking creepy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the soulless face is like, oh, okay. I felt like it was an arcade. I was in an old arcade and something like that. But the, the devil on, on Route 3 was kind of a weird twist. I, I don't know. Yeah. That's, that's fucking weird. <laughs> I think because you had that nostalgia, that, that feeling from when you're a kid. That you like, oh, this is creepy. And I can see that being creepy, especially as a kid. That could definitely be a creepy instance. And I just, I was just like, what is this? I think <laughs> what it is is I had nothing to compare it to but what games I've played now. So I couldn't really make a judgment other than if I was playing this against games now, it was meh. Well, that just yeah. that hurts. It, that I that I have to disagree with Nick. I guess if you jump back in, the graphics aren't up to par with other things, but I think the mechanics are a big factor here. I mean, the graphics are weird, but it it plays well compared to other games, I, other shooters, other space shooters. You know, I'd like to see like an HD remake where they run this game and they can't like they, the people have overclocked it, but it just speeds up the game, which is useless. Yeah. But I'd like to see like someone go in and make this exact game run at 60 frames per second. <laughs> like same, same polygons. Like, I don't know what it is. I like about these like flat shaded polygons, like something attractive about that. I don't know. You're going to be I'd on like my to see that remade. next episode. Can you eat my polygons? So, anything else on Star Fox 1 before we get into 2, which I think we're going to have a lot of discussion on? Yeah, I didn't do the black hole. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't get the secret route. Um, no. Yeah. It was, it was did fun. You ever, did you ever do another dimension? No, that's the thing with the roulette, right? Or the, the slot machine. Yeah, that's creepy, too. Like, yeah. I don't know. I don't get that. Like, you shoot this, like, laughing asteroid back in the asteroid belt. No, no. That's a different level. This is the one where you shoot like the planet, you get, the, like the planets on the side, and it like spawns this like bird-looking yep, thing. Yeah, and you fly into the bird, and you end up in this like weird another dimension with like flying paper airplanes at you, and then you fight a roulette wheel. Yeah, like like a slot machine. Right, and then that's it. You just keep shooting the end, and that's that's like. Cornaria must get blown up. Like, there's no way. Like, you're in another dimension. Like, Andros is fucking up Cornaria. You know, instilling gambling and corrupting the youth. <laughs> Tipper Gore! <laughs> oh, shit. Star Fox 2. Someone else take the wheel. I didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I actually did like some aspects of this. You would. And I think I think I I think it because it gives you the ability to kind of time management and like you had to do other things. It wasn't just a straightforward 
get to point A to point B to point C. It was like, okay, oh, you had to go back and save the plan from a uh, carry again there, or you had to go back and save it from this. So uh, what I did was be able to play of it. I actually really did like it. Something that was kind of cool also with this game is you got to pick your pilots. You didn't have to be Star Fox. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. It's like, oh, and each character had their own abilities, their own something that was unique to them, and you got to pick your co-pilot. Um, something that was kind of cool is if you died as your regular pilot, you can continue the game as your co-pilot or your wingman. Yeah. Yeah, I liked I liked those aspects of it, but overall, I just it it felt redundant. Um, the levels weren't that difficult. Like you would fly into a cruiser, and you turn into your little walker thing, and you'd shoot the core, or like the little sent you know the the sentries that were patrolling inside, and then you'd fly away. And the same thing with planets. Like oh, instead of a Instead of a ship, it was just a base, but it was the same layout. Like you just jumped in and you turn into the walker thing, which was a cool aspect. But I think they dropped the ball overall on this game, just making things too redundant, and they didn't really have any depth. See, see, Nick, I think you got to the heart of the game, like what you said before. Like this is a game about time management, which is my my biggest complaint about this game. Is like I. When I play a game, I want unlimited time. I, I want to be able to fuck up 15 times. I want to explore. And, and this game is not allowing you to do that. Like, like everything. So, so Star Fox 2, right? Very different than Star Fox 1. Star Fox 1, on-rails, arcade Dark. kind of shooter, right? Yeah, very, very stark departure from the first star fox 2 is almost a strategy game like it's got shooting elements but like you've got a plan like i i need to defend corneria if corneria takes too much damage when when andros comes back i'm fucked so i need to figure out like okay maybe i'll maybe i'll rescue this planet so it stops shooting rockets at me but when I'm doing that like there could be a battleship that's gonna go and like launch a laser at corneria so so you like Every decision you make is 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 like you're you're chipping away at time when you play at this game, which I had a hard time with. Like that that was a hard concept for me. I think also when you get to pick your pilot and co-pilot uh, wingman, is it's very strategic how you pick them because each have their own benefits and way to handle a situation. Yeah, yeah. So I did. That's what something I kind of liked about it. Cause it's like, oh, you don't have to be the lead character. You can be the rabbit and you can be the hawk if you wanted to. Who'd you pick? I did the rabbit and and Falcon. I think I did Falcon and Rabbit. Yeah, John. I did Fox and Falco. They seem that's that's who I did. Yeah, they I, seem the most like attack ready. Um, I think it was Fox and Falco had. The most attack and shield um, benefit because if the the frog and the hare were slower and they had less, um, I don't know, weapon. I I forgot the whole gist of it. But yeah, the, it's the two new it's, ones. It's were fast. That was all their thing was. It's weird. Like like so so like Fox and Falco are kind of like the all rounders. Like they've got like average speed. 
average shields and they have smart bombs. So they're like just the same as they are in like Star Fox 1. But then you got like Peppy and 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 uh, Slippy, like they're slow, but they've got a ton of shields and like they've got like a health special thing, which is kind of new. Like yeah. It's something they're something, tanks. Yeah, they're, they're tanks. Yeah, they're what you call a tank usually. And then, and then like the two girls, like they're fast. They got like low shields, but they are fast. And they've got this like shield weapon where you activate that shield, like nothing's gonna get you. Same weapons in this game, right? Blaster, twin blaster, and then like the plasma or type B, I think is what they call it in this. It was tough to get those. Yeah, yep. I, I had I had trouble with that, and it was mainly because I didn't recognize what the the power ups looked like anymore, and it wasn't on rails, so you might have missed it if you weren't going in that direction. Like if you were in a dogfight with uh, the fighters that were launching from a cruiser, and one dropped one, I, you might miss it. You know? Yeah, yeah, I, I I had a hard time because I was so worried about like def- I, this game made me nervous. Like, this game felt like work to me. I, I don't know what it was, but, like, the first game I was okay with it. But this game, like, the entire time I was on edge, like, they are bombing my fucking planet. I, I don't have time to get a power-up because every second I spend collecting shit is a second that like, this thing's getting nuked. So I never picked up the power-ups, and I had such a hard time with this game. Yeah. I didn't like the mechanics of how you shot either. It felt It felt different to me. So this is one of the the problems I had with this thing was like I played the I got used to the hacker released version. So you know how you have the charge shot in this? Yep. In the in like the hacker version one, the one that was like leaked, you st- like you start with a homing charge shot like you do in Star Fox 64. So, like, when you're in the dogfights and stuff, like, that charge shot's going to seek out those guys. You don't have to worry about, like, lining everything up impossibly like you do in the final release. Yeah. It was tough Which, to line shots in, up in this, man. In, in this game, like, you have to collect all those pepper coins in order to, like, unlock the homing shot. That's what you get for all those pepper coins. And I, I just I, I couldn't hit anything. Yeah. Yeah. So, items, we kind of touched on that. You get blaster upgrades. You can pick up bombs. You can pick up health relief. You can pick up uh, shields and repair things. I don't know. There's just something about this game I had a hard time with, and I, I couldn't put my finger on it. It just it for me it, it just didn't it didn't resonate the same way. I don't know if you guys felt the, the same thing, and then maybe the nostalgia. Nick, you're gonna have to be the check to John and I on this because I mean I preferred it. I honestly did. Like I think. I think I like the fact that it was those short burst missions that you can go through and just kind of go through it. It, it could change up. You didn't have, it wasn't like the same thing through and through. Yep. So it was kind of, I won't say open world, but had the open world aspect in the sense of you had to do different things at a time. Like, I mean, I went against the Mirage Dragon pretty quickly. Yep. One time, but then it took a little bit next time because you had to, I think, to go against him, you had to beat two of the, just do two like levels or something, and then uh, Andros is like, oh, "I'm gonna send out my dragon." Roar! And it reminds me of the freaking dragon from uh, what was that? 
Have you guys ever watched the old Power Rangers? It reminded me of that dragon from Power Rangers, or not? <laughs> it was uh, Lord Zed's dragon, or whatever. Zord. Yeah. That's what it reminded me of initially because it was silvery and whatnot. So I'll let go. No. But I mean, I liked it. I I just I didn't care for the on rails. That's maybe that's just me. I like the controls better in but, one. Two was just trying to aim that thing sucked. It was a little more floaty in two, I feel. I will agree with that. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And it just didn't have the depth. It had the variety. It had cool features. But, I mean, okay, every planet felt the same to me. The cruisers were the same. Venom, it was a little different. But, yeah. I. So so what I thought was kind of kind of interesting like going back to Miyamoto I I think this speaks a lot to Miyamoto as much as I don't want to make it like I'm not joining the Miyamoto cult of personality like I don't have you know Miyamoto statues lined up in my backyard I'm not like chasing him wherever he goes you know dumping my top off at him you know he's (laughs) some kind of fangirl but Star Fox 1 he wanted a simple game that played well and like 2 I feel like they kitchen synced a lot of stuff. Like they threw so many aspects. Like there's some amazing shit in this. Like it is a strategy game. It is a, a completely like free roaming thing. There's a time element to this, and your ship can change. Like there's so much shit that's thrown in this one game that I never think it like spends enough time on any one of those to be good at any one of them. Yeah. Like it's a great game, and it's a super influential game, even though it never was released. But at the same time, it's like, I don't know, maybe it's the time thing that throws me off. But it's just like, okay, I'm going to transform into the walker, which is a cool addition in this game. Like, it's, it's, it's very neat that your ship turns into a walker. But that sucks time out. Like, I'm constantly wasting time. I can't fly through these levels because I'm going to crash into 50 things. And, I, and, I, and like the, it, doesn't, it doesn't control like the other one. So I'm almost forced to walk and waste time. I, I don't know. I don't know if you got that vibe from this where it's just like I'm so frustrated because I am wasting time. Yeah, time's a big virtue here. Hmm. Only thing else, I kind of have a little gripe on it. I feel like I wish you could strafe a little bit. Yeah. Strafing, it wasn't really like a true strafe like you, I don't know. Especially in Walker, you couldn't really strafe there. I felt, I mean, you had to be, wherever you had your, damn cats, um, <laughs> I guess wherever you had your uh, uh, pointer was, or your, um, your aim was where you're supposedly were going to actually shoot, but it was just a pain ass, that's the only, only way to kind of do it, I felt like if you could use, kind of like you do now, if you could actually use like your, um, trigger buttons or your bumper buttons as a form of strafing that have been good with your d-pad being your actual walk and ability going back and forth or walking sideways i don't know yeah because this is l and r to turn and then like your yeah. movement is the d-pad i thought it, it the which, bosses which, were easy when you hit the reactors all you had to do was move left to right and just hold the trigger down just- that actually is my biggest complaint about this. I, I found every one of the bosses completely unremarkable in this game versus the first one. Yep. The dogfights were the hardest part for me because you sacrificed so much life trying to 
hit these guys, you know, I got hit every time I would I would do like a flyby or, you know, try to attack them. I, I would sit there and I'd hammer on the L and R button. I'm like, I'm going to spin maneuver and hope to God when I'm shooting them, whatever they're shooting at me is going to reflect And they off. did the same That's, damn thing. I remember like, oh, shoot, I didn't yeah. hit him that time because he was spinning. Like, ah. I and it was funny because like you could see the little icon, the little not icon, but you could see the little like spark indicator that they were at a planet. And it's like I've got a ship that's gonna nuke things. My satellite defender thing, which shoots down like rogue missiles, has been taken over by like these brainiac things. So I have to go like defend that. And then fucking Star Wolf shows up. Yeah, it's like oh my god, it's just a I, cluster. I, this is work. This isn't. <laughs> this isn't a game. Like. This is me trying to like, get to a meeting on time, and I haven't photocopied all the papers I need. Yeah. Like, this is work. I mean, it, the challenge I ran into Star Fox 2, I don't know if you guys felt the same way, but like, it's a very well-made game. Like, it, it should have been released, but at the same time, it's just it's not for me. And I, and I think I, I need to take a step back from it and say, you know, not everything is designed for me, even though I'm very self-centered. <laughs> this game is just not designed for me. Yeah, the depth factor really tanked it for me. Oh, you have all these. You have what five planets? I think. Yeah, Six so you planets? got you got Titania, which is from the original game. You got Meteor. Fortuna is the water planet where you fight the squid thing, which is kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. You go into water. Um, Macbeth. You have Venom, which you is like green again for some reason. You know, it's a it's an evergreen planet again. And you've got a new planet, Eladard, which looks like some kind of, like, construction planet. Yep. But they're all unremarkable. Like, in Star Fox 1, I could tell you, and it, again, Nick, check us, because this is nostalgia again. I could tell you every planet. Like, I just, I felt something when I was in all those levels. Like, they were unique. And in this one, I'm like, I'm just trying to shoot things to open up a base in order to get inside to kill things. Yeah, I mean, I didn't feel that way with one. I felt like it was like, especially because I had to play it through a couple times. I'm like, this is on repeat. Okay. Yep. Yep. Here's this. Oh, this is going to fall now. This is going to fall now. So I felt very um, systematic, very easy to f- figure out the pattern. And I felt with at least two, you didn't have much of a pattern in a sense because you had different things that kind of taken up and you could attack different things as depending on what you found was a greater need to attack so that's just my thoughts and, and it may just be you're a more strategic thinker than we are you know so like this may just appeal to you you may just be better i mean and we'll get into that our, our next upcoming game like you picked a strategy game so like maybe that's what it is maybe star fox 2 just wasn't made for me you know and john i don't know if you feel the same way yeah yeah, it's just not not the depth. I, I like a game to have depth and a little bit more variety. This had variety, but just not the, the kind I'm, I'm looking for, you know? Yeah. And, and what's funny is, like, I've had this game hyped in my mind for so long. Yeah. You know? It, 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 you know Could that be it, then? You know, maybe that's what it is. Like, I you know, was chasing down that poor dude that worked at the mall saying, where the fuck's this game? You know, and it's You're just chasing that dragon, as it were. Chasing that dragon, you know, and I've played it now to completion. And like I liked a lot, of, and, and it's very influential. Star Fox sixty four. They brought over Wolf, yep. the Star Wolf team. 
They brought over all range mode, which is basically this whole game. You know, the fight with Andros, if you go the hardest, if you play expert, like you fight his monkey face, it's the exact same thing you do in Star Fox 64. So, super influential. It's just, I don't know, there's something that just did not kick with me. So, you saying that, was it really influential or maybe they took and they just lifted a lot of aspects that he really liked about 2 and made it uh, for 64. So maybe 64 is truly the 2 and 2 is kind of the lost worlds of Mar- like Mario. I, and I think that's the case. I think you're pinning me on this because I love to bitch enough so that I would bring gin to take shots of gin to this podcast. You might have to do another I love one. To, yeah. I love to bitch about 64 but like essentially married one and two yeah you know on rails but it gave us the stuff in two that was really like the charge shot very unique levels had depth too yeah it just had shitty music thoughts on this one you know it's it, i don't want this to be a bitch fest you know i i had such high hopes going into two i really did and i think that was the problem is i just i fucking hyped this game so much in my mind you know i'm glad the two are done honestly are you really yeah i just i couldn't get into it i really tried like i was just i like it played for like even though they're short games i like i play for like 10 minutes i'm like oh, i'm already done with this like i'm not into this at all no, not into this. <laughs> not into this. I knew we were in trouble early on when you like you you were saying like you were in corn area on the first one and you're like I, I don't get this game. I don't see why you and John like this game. Like what is wrong with you? Yeah, it just it, it wasn't for me. Neither one. I mean like I did like a lot aspects of two better than one. But like you said, I think it's due because I grew up playing a lot more strategic games rpgs were usually what i was stuck in so i was playing chrono trigger i was playing you know zelda i was playing final fantasy games so those are the games i like because you had to kind of think about the process as well as think how you're going to build the character think how you're gonna build the team think how you wanted to go against you know certain enemies or go through each level and I think that's what I liked about two over one because it was <clears throat> as much as on rails, where it's point A to B. Those are kind of good, but I just I didn't get into it for I guess for a flight game. I feel like it was I don't know. There's something and it could have been I was spoiled with playing other games that just had better graphics. I mean the graphics and the controls were just really screwing with me. But yeah, it just didn't hark to those motions and didn't pull those emotional strings like I think it did for you or John as it did me. John, what are your thoughts? Did we lose John? He's real fucking deep in thoughts. Oh, he's back. He's back. 
Oh, man. So technical difficulties. John, what are your thoughts on these two games? And I'll find some way to edit this in. All right. So I obviously love one. Um, One of my favorites growing up, I think, you know, playing through Route 1 and just being totally in awe of the graphics. Um, it, It held up playing back through everything this time. I don't think I ever beat Route 3 as a kid because it was a pain in the ass um, and I didn't have my convenient rewind feature. (laughs) (laughs) So that helped a lot. Um, Yeah, 2 was was different. It was unique. Some of the aspects were cool, but I think that they could have done better with it. But obviously they, they took that and ran with it for Star Fox 64. So we got the game... I love that game. I, I know you don't, Matt, but I, I love that one. It was cool. Minus the music. I'll agree with you there. But yeah, Star Fox 2, eh, it was all right. Star Fox 1, great. Yeah. I, I guess to add my closing thoughts, like one, I think if we found some magic way to just in, in 2020 fix the frame rate, like make the frame rate 60 frames or even 30 frames, whatever, we would have a different conversation about Star Fox Super Nintendo because everything it does it does extremely well for such like really shitty primitive technology if you think about it like yeah they had the custom chip but I mean it was a Super Nintendo running 3D and like what games like this came before like Space Harrier like I I struggle with that game I'm not good at that game like there's something about Star Fox or Super Nintendo like I know where my ship is at all times you know, I've I, every one of the roots has something different. You know, I'm challenged every time I play the Super Nintendo game. And the music, again, for the upteenth thousandth time, is fucking awesome. Like, awesome soundtrack. Props to that dude. I think you could have taken another shot. I haven't bitched. That wasn't a bitch. That was a compliment. It's very different. <laughs> two, you know, two... It gave us so much, but at the same time, I think it just, it was so many things thrown in. Like it was, a, it, it, it was a, an incredible accomplishment. Don't get me wrong, but like, you know, when we go back to like Miyamoto's whole premise of like make a game and make it fun, you know, it, it was cool, but I just, I never found it to be fun. There was, there's a fun in the first one, like a challenge in the first one. And the second one, it was just stress. It was like, all right. I might as well be at my job punching a clock, like trying to meet meetings. Like this is this is fucking stressful. I don't know. So <laughs> just not not what I wanted. I don't know. And that's that's you know, so one gets my seal of approval, two does not. John, sounds like one gets your seal of approval, two does not. Nick? Yep. Nick, I yeah. reverse it. Yeah. So Wow. This is where in the case of for me. The sequel did better than the first one. <laughs> Nick, so I have a game plan for us, but I didn't do pickups because I'm a fucking idiot. Tell, t- oh. Why don't you guys tell us what you pick, what you picked up? Uh, I pick up something really cool. You guys want to know? A flashlight. Okay, you're going to have to edit that shit There's a duct tape, <laughs> tape on the side. It was black sharpie. It says John. Oh, Ew, oh boy. It's dirty. <laughs> Nick, what'd you get? Uh, I have been selling some stuff so I can purchase a Switch Lite. Nice. So uh, today I uh, found someone that was selling a Switch Lite. Initially, I thought they were selling the Switch Lite with, for $220 with three games. I was like, oh, sweet deal. 
come to find out, and I because I was so quick because they don't come up in that area too often because everything's gone. Like I think you have to literally to get a switch light, even and any of the locals is you're still waiting just for a switch light or you're getting a color you don't want. So I found a person selling switch light, brand new. She had it like for um, like less than three weeks and realized she was getting a puppy. She's like, I had no time for this. <laughs> I'm like, okay. So I offered her, she wanted 220 and then she wanted $40 per game. I'm like, uh, and the only game I really liked out there was she had was Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. So I'm like, how about this? 240 for the Switch in the game. So I got a gray Switch light with Mario Kart with both came with boxes and everything. Nice. Nice. You know, and, and you don't really know this yet, but when you get playing around with like the online, like there's some good retro shit that's going to benefit you when you uh, get that up and running. Well, so I made other purchase today. I uh, invested into the, because I had some coins. So it only cost me 15 bucks, I think, for the Nintendo subscription. Yep. Because I was like, eh, I'd rather have that. That way I can have access to anything that play, especially if they open up more Nintendo games and SNES games, which I assume they would. They better. <laughs> yeah, because it's a very limited stock right now. Because yeah, Star Fox. Yeah, actually, I, I replayed both games on the Switch Lite, and I, I liked it a lot better, actually. Yeah. John, did you... Use the rewind nope. function, Nicholas. I don't use that at all. Good man. You're an oh, honorable wow. man. You don't cheat bullshit. Don't cheat, John. Don't cheat. Yeah, okay. John, have you picked up anything? Um, I don't think so. It's been a month. John, you want to pick up something? A couple weeks. Last recorded. Yes, I, I guess so. Um, you games you can I pick got. Up. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I'm, I'm all that over. Come on. I got the, I guess the Super Nintendo and the regular Nintendo libraries on the Switch. That so doesn't, that doesn't count, good. John. You didn't spend yeah. money. You didn't spend hard-earned money on that. Well, I guess you did. No, but no, you I don't didn't. Own it. Yeah, earlier than both of you. You know. Yeah, pick up. It's been a it's light month. Game. You know, I I picked up uh, Sin and Punishment for Wii, and that's another on rails shooter. Yeah. This game, the Star Fox games, really got me into on rails. I need to, I need to like seek out all these on rail games that I haven't been playing. And that's it. Dry month for us guys. Other than Nick, Nick, Nick's yeah, fucking flush. Yeah. Nick had to sell off some of his stuff though. So we lost some of the retro. Oh, I'm, I'm talking Nick out of it. So actually, I didn't really sell too much off of my collection. Let's be honest. So the stuff I sold has all been doubles so far. I, ah. I'm gonna beg you to keep that PS2 because I really because I got the only thing I haven't I sold in my extra Wii. And then I, a yard sale this past weekend. I picked up two. It was like in a wire bin, like two Wii controllers with Wii nunchucks, and I bought and I got also the AV cord for my PS2 that I did not have prior. All for five bucks. So, so the two Wii and nunchucks for thirty-five. So why aren't we playing Vice City? Add it to the list. All right, no, I was. <laughs> um, yeah, you guys want to try something new? 
Hey, always. So I was gonna do a turbo button for this for this two games, but I, I couldn't think of stuff. So then I got on the thinking of I never got to play Star Fox Two. That game will never, in official cartridge form, ever enter my slot. So then I went on this this <laughs> thinking. I'm like, okay. Well, what other things will never enter my slot? And that sounds so dirty, I'm going to keep saying it. So I've invented a game for you guys, and here's, here's, the, here's the shtick. I'm going to le- read you some descriptions of games that may or may not exist. You know, And by may or may not, in North America, of course. So they may have been released in Japan, and therefore are not going to go into your slot in the United States. Or they may have never been released at all. You need to tell me if it's true or false. You know, this game is, uh, is, is it what I'm telling you is real or what I'm telling you is a bunch of bullshit. But either way, these games will not enter your slots. Let's fill those slots then. All right. Are you guys ready for this? And you can I'm ask ready. me, you can ask me questions and I'll try to answer them. Uh, either making up bullshit facts or trying to tell you what I know about them. All right. Let's Sounds do it. Ready? Good, man. Okay, first one. Live Alive is a role-playing game developed and published by Square and released in September of 1994. It was never released outside Japan, but has been unofficially translated into English by Aeon Genesis. The story involves a series of seemingly unrelated chapters that can be played in any order uh, based on popular genres such as Western science fiction mecha. Each chapter has its own plot setting characters. Nick says true. John? False. False. Any questions? No, it sounds something very Japanese. Mm-hmm. At the time, it probably would have filled filled a lot of the boxes needed. Something that would not carry through well into North America at the time. Nick is very much correct on this one, so I have uh-huh. to jot that down. That Nick's got Nick's got one. All right, next one. Ready? Super Moses Pharaoh's Revenge is a Christian-themed video game developed by the biblical video game producer Wisdom Tree slated for a 1995 release. It follows Moses' efforts to help the Hebrews escape from the Pharaoh. Like 3D, Super 3D Noah's Ark, Super Moses plays similar to Wolfenstein 3D, but has no violence in it. A fully playable prototype was released in 2019. Super Moses? I don't know if they'd call it that, so I'm gonna say it's false. Yeah, I just I don't see that game. I'm gonna go with John on this one. False. So you guys are both right. And here's fun fact: there was a game called Super yeah. 3D Noah's Ark for Super Nintendo by this company. <laughs> it. That's. I think I remember hearing about it that. Kind of sounded like something that could be plausible. All right. Nightmare Busters is a leprechaun-themed run-and-gun action game developed by French company Arcade Zone for the Super Nintendo. Originally planned for a 1995 release, the game was canceled due to financial issues, but development resumed in the 2010s. The game finally saw an official release in 2013. I'm going to say yes. Yeah, I'll, I'll say true. Sounds le- legit. Sounds legit. So, Nick, you're up on John, by the way. Okay. Ah. Miho's High School Adventure 
is an anime-based action adventure developed and published by Kemco and released in July of 93. Never released outside Japan, but has been unofficially translated into English by DJAP Translations. The story involves Miho's quest to collect seven magical charms from her classmates to break a curse put on her by her teacher. False. True. Nick, for the win. That's very ah. that's very creative on my part. Yeah. Well, you use a you use a, a Spanish name, Mijos. I was going Mijo. I, I I thought of like Sin City. That's the best I could come up with. All right. Here's where we start getting fun. Steven Seagal is the final option. Is a side scrolling beat 'em up video game developed by Tech Magic that was supposed to be released in '94. <laughs> This game received a lot of hype due to Steven Seagal's license, but was not based on any of his movies. A prototype containing the demo emerged and found its way in the hands of a private collector sometime after 2008. False. I think there was, because there wasn't. They're doing a lot of fighting games at the time. They're trying to cling too, because a lot of game characters are based off like Jackie Chan, Bruce Lee. This isn't Shaq Fu, Matt. Come on. I'm going to go yes, then. That, just for the pure answer why you said this isn't Shaq Fu. Why not? It's Steven Seagal. He was huge during the 90s. Nick is 100% correct, and this game looks like fucking dog shit. It had digitized sprites like Mortal Kombat, and as a side sc- he, he has like unlimited knives he can throw. It's, it looks fucking trash. This actually was a real thing that was canned. Man, apparently he had a lot of things that did not get off the launch no, pad. No, there were a lot on the Super Nintendo that did not get off. All right, two more. Rayman is a side-scrolling platformer video game uh, developed and published by Ubisoft. First game follows Rayman and his series of adventures to defeat the evil Mr. Dark. Rayman's development began on the Atari ST, shifted to the SNES, and then from the SNES CD, which was canned, then onto the Jaguar, and then ported to other consoles. Very early demo was released in 2017. Well, I know there's Rayman. I'm going to say yes, but only because I know there is a Rayman character out there in the world. Do we have to be accurate on the history? Like, is that, you said, the the SNES CD? Does this exist, John? That's the question. Yes. You guys are both correct. This game, there was a demo of this. It wasn't very far in development, but they did initially plan on putting Rayman on the Super Nintendo. When the CD was canceled, they jumped ship. Last game. Frasier, The Reign of Dr. Crane, is a 2D yes. action platformer yes. based yes. on the sitcom Frasier. The I'll give him wrong. It's a yes. The game was developed by Imagineering with absolute entertainment slated to publish. Development was canceled after home improvement power tool pursuit failed to sell. A near playable demo was released in 2012. It's totally false, but I like your. I'm going yes. No matter what, I just want yes. This is not real. Uh. I was hoping it was. Because there's a lot of fucking shitty Super Nintendo games that... Well, there was actually a Tool Time one, wasn't there? There was a Tool Time. Because I think I remember playing it. So, totaling them up, Nick, you have beaten John by one. You are the winner this time. So, ah. make John take an extra drink. Take a drink, John. Drink it. All right. 
Cheers, guys. Cheers. So that about does it. You guys got any uh, closing comments? Uh, no, I'm good. Yeah. Nothing else. Uh, I'm excited for the new game, other game we have to play. Yeah. So, Nick, tell tell our folks what we're going to be listening to and playing next. <laughs> Let me get my list. I actually forgot. For, I mean, I know it. It's actually- yeah, I think mine's next. We're playing Star Tropics what? next. John, you're cutting the line. Yeah. No, Nick Nick did Castlevania. Oh, he did, didn't he? Yeah, mine. Fuck, yeah. then why am I talking to you about your game, Nick? <laughs> My yeah. game's after his. Come on now. Oh, well then, fuck you, Nick. You don't matter. John, tell us about your game. <laughs> so, uh, on our next episode, please tune in as we play and review Star Tropics on the, on the regular Nintendo. Excuse me. Yes, that's. Um, yeah, I don't know much about it yet. Always wanted to play it, so we will tell you more next time. I'm, I'm excited, John. I'm excited. More excited than I was for this last game you played. <laughs> yeah, it's because you're a Nintendo hater. Fucking second kid. Ooh. Ouch. I think we can end there. Yeah. Shut this shit down, guys. Thanks. Thanks for Adios. listening.